You are in a city for you podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me. Thank you for having me. And it was nice to come to your place as well. Yeah, thank See? you for coming actually. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful area. I haven't been here so often. So, yeah, very nice. Tell me a little bit about yourself first mm-hmm. and then I'll start asking you the questions. Three questions that I will be asking everyone and then one question from the previous guest and then the opportunity for you to ask a question to the next. Exciting. Mm-hmm. I haven't prepared that question yet. Good. <laughs> you will during the course of our conversation. Yeah. So a little bit about myself. My name is Isabel Villar. I'm a lighting designer at uh, White Architects or White Architecta here in Sweden, uh, in Stockholm, actually. Um, I'm born and raised in south of Chile. So I moved here about 15 years ago to study lighting design at KTH. Same mm-hmm. program as you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I've been working as a lighting designer since then here in mm-hmm. Sweden. And besides that, I'm also running a research project on sustainability and lighting design together with a colleague of mine, which is a sustainability specialist. Mm-hmm. Is it connected to the podcast that you do? Yes. So the mm-hmm. podcast is a part of that research that we are doing. Mm-hmm. So we've been working on that for like a year. Um, we've been doing some parametric studies on daylighting and integration with artificial lighting. Mm-hmm to see energy consumption, CO2 emissions, and a lot of cool stuff, um, difficult to grasp. So now we have to, the work left to do actually is to try to make sense and mm-hmm. communicate it in an easy way so that people can understand the outcomes easily. Mm-hmm. Which is a whole project in itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the whole project, what we're trying to do is sort of to look at the lighting design process um, from many different perspectives, as my colleague, she is a sustainability specialist, but also an architect. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see and identify those points along the process where you need to take some decisions or at least raise the questions um, when it comes to sustainability aspect that affect the outcome of the lighting design project. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's fun, but I wish I will have more time to, <laughs> to work in it. Of course, yeah. Like always. Yeah. Thank you for this introduction. And we can move on to the formal questions. What is a city for you? Yeah, I, I, I was reflecting on that uh, yesterday um, when we talked yeah, for the last time mm-hmm. before this interview. And I think that a city for me has different meanings because I have lived in different cities. Mm-hmm. So I come from south of Chile, a very small town. Um, the city center was more like, uh, you know, the place where you would go on the weekend, maybe take a coffee or your parents go to the bank. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't hang out as a teenager, for example, or as a kid in yeah. the city center. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't really have like playgrounds where my parents would take me, you know, mm-hmm. as a kid to play. Uh-huh. You know, it was like all the transport is all done by cars, or so it's like very American in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it was a city that felt safe. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a, an issue about safety, it was more about the distances, more the culture of not walking and, you know, going to buy bread in car, you know, mm-hmm. driving your car instead of walking for 50 minutes. So yeah. it's a whole like habits that people have in that sense. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but then I, when I started university, I moved to Santiago, which is a capital, it's a huge city. And there, like many other countries in Latin America, the city center is a dangerous place. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the place where you go and hang out either. But for a different reason. Yeah, for a different mm-hmm. reason, because maybe they have built other centers. You know, the city has grown so big that mm-hmm. they've like built other economical centers around the city mm-hmm. where they have also built housing. So people that have maybe higher income, they move towards those new developments instead of staying in this old colonial mm-hmm. city center, mm-hmm. which is uh, maybe the place where tourists would go. And mm-hmm. that's, yeah why many of them get robbed also because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> they don't know, you know, mugged, like, the, you know, they take your wallets from the pockets and things. But, mm-hmm. I mean, as a 20-year-old, I wouldn't really go to the city center to hang out in Santiago. I would go for parties because they had, like, a nice and really cool places, uh-huh. like, more industrial uh, areas. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, here in Sweden, it's had a completely different experience. And also in Europe in general, I mean, the city center is the most beautiful place where you actually go. I mm-hmm. mean, it's where you have so much history, you have museums, you have a lot of the culture, I mean, of the different places you visit in mm-hmm. the city center. So I think it means the city center or the city in general means different things in the different cities that I've lived. Um, but it's definitely an important space, and I'm happy to now be raising two kids um, together with my husband in a city like Stockholm, mm-hmm. you know, where they can be part of the city. And yeah. They don't feel, you know, there is a dangerous space, or they don't feel that they cannot go in into a private area like, you know, we have in South America. So everything is private. I mean, so you cannot just jump in, take a flower from, you know, mm. a garden or so. And here, I mean, they have all these uh, playgrounds, so it's great to see that they feel like they own part of the city in a way, which was not my feeling growing up. Mm-hmm. But did you realize it then when you were growing up, or is is it no, a reflection? I had no, I had no clue, of course, because I didn't yeah. know better. Yeah, I mean, I was exactly. sixteen the first time that I came to Europe. Mm-hmm. I was in a school exchange in Berlin. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of the first uh, shock, like, oh, my God, like, mm-hmm. here you, I mean, first, like, here you can walk at night, you feel safe, you know, mm-hmm. like, you can go to the city center, there's plenty of museums, culture, you know, life, and uh, that was not mm-hmm. the experience I had before. Interesting that you sensed it straight away and didn't feel like it's still a danger place because it's a city center. You felt like, yeah. okay, now it's safe here and I can actually I go. think it was also a combination with meeting people that had other type of professions, for example. Mm. Like, I was, mm. I mean, when I was in Berlin, I was uh, living with a family friend. She was working um, at the time in the embassy, actually, but she was mm. also an artist, a dancer. So she had a really nice and diverse group of people mm. all related to art somehow. Mm. So that also gave me mm-hmm. like another insight into how broad, you know, mm-hmm. people are in a sense yeah. and how they contribute to the mm-hmm. spirit of a city and, you know, how they habitate the city, how they move around. And, mm-hmm. and I saw the difference yeah, quite fast. I didn't, I didn't want to go back to Chile, actually. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but my parents, they were like, no, of course, I had to finish high school. I had to yeah. study a degree. And, you know, after that, I actually moved. Three months after that, I moved back to Europe. Hmm. Yeah, and stayed here since. Yeah, exactly. 
Mm-hmm. So that's been 16 years almost. Yeah. But yeah, good that you mentioned that it seems like it's the city that felt safe, but also it's people who influenced the way you perceived it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, if you, you know, when, when I go back home now, for example, mm-hmm. my parents are like, oh, yeah. Yeah, be careful, uh-huh. you know, don't go out at night, don't open the windows, you know, like there's mm. all these stories and it's on the newspapers, of course. And I think it's, I mean, of course you are at risk, but I think mm. that you get a bit paranoid as well. Maybe you don't dare to go to some places because you think that something will happen. Mm. And that's the same way that other people think. So then you don't habitate the city, yeah. which gives room for other things to happen mm-hmm. that yeah. maybe are not, yeah beneficial for mm-hmm. the community in that yeah. sense yeah that follow this idea that yeah. it is unsafe yeah like, okay let's yeah. make it unsafe then. let's make it unsafe i mean if nobody's coming here at nine that is a perfect uh, mm-hmm. place to deal drugs and you mm-hmm. know if nobody's here yeah but difficult to swap it you can't yeah. feel sa- feel like it's a bad place to be but still go there no i mean so, it's mm-hmm. i think a lot of uh, you know mm-hmm governments and politicians have tried to change this but it mm-hmm. takes time and it yeah. takes generations probably because yeah, yeah you've heard bad experiences mm-hmm. and, and they live on and on and on yeah from generation to generation so it takes mm-hmm. like a lot of effort and mm-hmm. you really need to change your mindset to make those spaces alive and safe again yeah takes time interesting yeah good that we brought this up what are you for the city yeah, well, I think that I also play different roles um, mm-hmm. for the city because I, I'm a citizen, mm-hmm. so I'm part of the city and uh, I have a responsibility as a citizen also to, you know, make uh, this, the others feel safe. I mean, I'm like mm-hmm. in a way that I cannot just go, you know, and be bad to people around mm-hmm. uh, in public space or say bad things to other people. I mean, it's not in my nature. Mm-hmm. But of course, you have small kids. You yeah. have to teach them also how to behave in an open space, in a mm-hmm. public space. Not to litter, you know, not to mm-hmm. scream like crazy if there is no reason for that, yeah. you know. Um, and also, mm-hmm. I like, you know, like when people say hi, we were talking about this before, say mm-hmm. hi back. I mean, that is also part of the responsibilities that you have as a citizen, you know. Then you feel mm-hmm. like, oh, your people are nice. They say hi. Yeah. You know, yes. Or they say hi back to me. Mm-hmm. And that is a really important experience mm-hmm. for people to continue habitating the city. Mm-hmm. And from what we went, mentioned before, do you feel like part of being a good citizen is to spread the positive good stories about the city absolutely Mm. yeah and i think that i mean of course you i mean we are very lucky to live in a city like stockholm Mm -hmm. with so much nature around and water and so many you know like uh, playgrounds for kids to play so you can also easily see there is a safe space i mean you see the kids playing you see kids walking Mm -hmm. you know alone on the streets when they are like seven eight years old Mm -hmm. that would never happen i mean in Mm. south america yeah. Right now, I mean, nobody walks, leaves a kid to walk alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those things that maybe you're not consciously, you know, see, but you perceive, and they are sort of reassuring that okay, this is a good space. This is you don't see litter, you know, like on the floor. Then okay, they take care of the space. You know, there's not mm-hmm. so much graffiti around or things. Then mm-hmm. you know, it's like we all have to take care of the city. Mm-hmm. I feel. 
But then also as with my profession, I'm, I don't work so often with exterior lighting, but um, I feel like I also have a responsibility when it comes to those projects where mm-hmm. I'm actually having an impact on the outer spaces mm-hmm. and how you can contribute uh, with lighting to make the spaces feel even safer at night and how you can reduce light pollution or how you can leave the other surfaces around. Mm-hmm. and not just leave the floor and more activate create, create place making uh, mm-hmm. and so on and so on yeah. um, and through interior projects do you feel like you still influence the city absolutely yeah. i mean i think that part mm-hmm. of the interior especially mm-hmm. you know when the lights are on uh in the evening mm-hmm. and especially here when it gets mm-hmm. dark so early at three o'clock in winter time then mm-hmm. the indoor lighting is part of the outdoor experience of the city mm-hmm. you know yeah. and uh, and it's also the entrances of the spaces now most of the the newly built projects or like office buildings or housing they also have to contribute to the landscape outside mm-hmm. so then you also mm-hmm. have to lit you know where you have bicycle racks or you have some mm-hmm. benches some trees so it's also about making those spaces available and mm-hmm. inviting for everyone yeah mm-hmm. But I think that even not just the entrance and what's happening outside of the buildings, even places where people would go in, like public spaces, mm. I don't know if it's a shopping yeah, like mall. a shopping mall and all that, of course. It is a private yeah. space, probably. It is. Uh, but then it becomes something, like a destination on the path in the city. Yeah. So a person yeah. is still influenced. But Absolutely. I mean, and I think a very good example of that is Galerian mm-hmm. in, yeah, in Stockholm. Like it's like this. Inside. I mean, it mm-hmm. has so the. I mean, Galerian has these big skylights, mm-hmm. and they makes you feel like you are in this transition space. Or yeah. it's not indoor, it's not outdoor, but it's still like probably one of the most common paths you take if you have to go to, from point A to B because you know. Like, okay, it's not this dark uh, shopping center. It's mm-hmm. this brightly lit natural space. And it's a shelter as well. If it's raining or if it's cold, then you can warm up a little bit while you cross the space. Mm-hmm. And you can maybe yeah, look around and see some interesting things. And it's, um, I mean, it's also like that, a very important space in the city that yeah. connects different points. Mm-hmm. Interesting that you mentioned that because I haven't been inside i was always going outside yeah and until i don't know last uh, april maybe when i was with, walking with someone and then mm. i was like okay let's go this way like no i don't want to go inside let's go outside That's the way yeah. no it's warmer <laughs> like, okay let's try yeah and it is warmer but i still prefer going outside i don't know it's something in my head when i feel like i see more if i don't go yeah indoors. but it's also like a little bit of a shortcut yeah. Like, uh, so it's Smart. shorter to yeah. go through Galerian than yeah. to go like the long way through Kunstragordon, yeah. for example. Once you know, you know, but yeah. I didn't so know. Then, you know, the... if you have to take the bus, then you <laughs> go, you take the Galerian yeah. shortcut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's an interesting space because yeah, it's kind of semi, Yeah, it feels semi-public. Somehow. Yeah, and I think, I mean, especially in this type of uh, conditions where we live, I mean, we... Yeah, you. I would like to see more spaces like that. Mm-hmm. They are more public and semi-indoor, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like a transition space between the exterior and interior. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, if it's cold, if there is snow, if it's raining, then you sort of enjoy having that break mm-hmm. from the, from the awful weather outside. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> True, yeah, that's a good point. We started discussing the night time, of course, inevitably. <laughs> Makes sense. And yeah, maybe it's a good time now to talk about it more fully. So how does artificial lighting of a night city affect you? Well, affect me, I think mm -hmm. I'm a bit biased because mm -hmm. I work so much with lighting. As I said, not so much in exterior, but um, mm -hmm. I've been working with projects um, um, when it comes to light pollution as well for a long time uh, in buildings, like exterior spaces, like landscape and so on. Mm -hmm. I had also a project uh, and a competition together with um, my company in Canada about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I bi I'm biased in that sense that I know yeah, a bit too much and I look at light all the time mm -hmm. when I'm outdoors. And I'm very sensitive about uh, glare, for example, mm -hmm. and also the big differences between dark spaces and very lit spaces. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually a bit against facade lighting. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I don't do facade lighting. That's what I uh -huh. say at work. You know, facade lighting, I'm, that's not my thing. I don't mm -hmm. want to light up any facades. Mm -hmm. I think they also produce this like inflation uh, sort of uh, reaction that you start mm -hmm. lighting up one building and then uh -huh. the neighbor across wants to have also facade True. lighting and then mm -hmm. a bit brighter and maybe mm -hmm. with a bit of Tivoli colors of <laughs> a rainbow and then the one across who also wants that. Yeah. So it creates a lot of unnecessary lighting in the city. Mm -hmm. I mean, I completely mm -hmm. agree that, you know, some buildings, they are landmarks and they mm -hmm. should have, they deserve to have their, you know, lighting and mm -hmm. to be visible at night. Um, but there's a yeah. lot of other crappy buildings that yeah. don't need to be, you know, uh -huh. seen so much at night. Yeah. Is there regulation in Sweden? Uh, well, here in Stockholm, there is this, um, the Beauty Council. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you have to get an approval from the Beauty Council from the municipality if you want to do facade lighting. The Beauty Council? Yeah, it's wow. fun. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh -huh. So wow. there is like a group of people that come and, you know, look at the test lighting and maybe. But I think you have to have a, re a good reason, I mm -hmm. mean, why you're lighting up the building. And there is, I mean, there is some sort of, um, um, strategy behind that of course you your building shouldn't be like brighter than the castle or the mm. parliament especially in that area okay. if you look at the parliament house and the castle mm -hmm. I mean, they are very close in intensity of light uh -huh. so it's not like okay the king can be super bright nice. and the parliament very mm. dim mm -hmm. have to be equal yeah kind of equal i think the parliament is maybe a little bit more I, i'm okay. not sure but uh -huh. uh, there has been some discussions about that um mm -hmm. but and i think that definitely every city should have that i mean you know stats said of course it's a beautiful building is you know a mm -hmm. symbol for the city of course it deserves to be yeah. lit and mm -hmm. to be seen mm -hmm. at night but i'm not yeah. sure if you know yeah well i don't want to say any building in specific but there are many other buildings that also invest mm -hmm. it's a waste also of energy as well yeah. if you especially if you leave it on for mm -hmm. all night long I mean, yeah. you should turn it off and there are regulations for that if your project is lead or brian mm -hmm. uh, certified and so on mm -hmm. um yeah. yeah kind of conveys wrong um values if you know a bank is the brightest building yeah right? definitely or no like a shoe and shop yeah, exactly. Or a housing building. I mean, it's yeah. like, why you you have... Why like, them? Why them How and they not us? us? Yeah. 
you know, it creates mm. a lot of different discussions. Um, and then, I mean, you see other cities around the world that everybody has a facade lighting. And mm. I mean, they spend millions and tons of fixtures and energy that goes just to, you know, mm-hmm. to make it cool at night. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Mm. I'm a bit against that yeah. sort of a strategy. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, maybe a soft, nice light on the facade, it's more than enough to sort of define the city space, mm-hmm. um, but not everywhere. Yeah. But it is very personal because some people would comment on facade lighting as being uh, very beautiful and nice and making it like a reason to go to the city at night because it's so pretty and mm. every building is lit. And colorful and I totally understand that as well but it's just interesting to see how it's not so uniform mm. people have different mm. opinions about that as well well also there's mm. different architecture so not all buildings are nice and what is nice yeah. for me exactly. can be nice I mean it can be there it's ugly for you mm-hmm. I mean so it's yeah. very subjective totally. um, this is why it's so tricky and not uh, obvious yeah. and solve. I think that that's why also the, every city needs to have a plan and a strategy mm-hmm. to be like okay we're gonna light up the churches because yeah. whatever reason mm-hmm. and municipality and then maybe these three points because there are landmarks for you know transportation mm-hmm. nodes or you know whatever yeah. to sort of have a strategy mm-hmm. not, so, not that everyone will start lighting up their yeah. buildings yeah and as you said it became more of a professional response and not a yeah. personal, but it's linked for you. Yeah, that so definitely makes sense. Yeah. Do you feel like it makes it difficult for you to walk in the city at night because you start thinking and analyzing lighting? Um, uh, no, not anymore because I've uh-huh. lived here in Stockholm for a long time. But I think that also the beauty of Stockholm is that we have so much water mm-hmm. and the water reflects the yeah. light at night. Mm-hmm. So it makes somehow feel it much safer like you know mm-hmm. you multiply the lighting that you have mm-hmm. you know mirroring mm-hmm. the buildings on the water mm-hmm. um, and then I really like for example Gamla Stan there mm-hmm. um, is sort of dark and a bit yeah. spooky mm-hmm. and it was the light was warmer before now they change it it's a little mm-hmm. bit more crispy mm-hmm. but still I mean it's again this combination of you know, the experience you've heard of other people mm. habitating the city. True. Mm. And then what you experience. Mm. Because, of course, if I start hearing, oh, yeah, these people got, like, um, mugged uh, in Gamlastan and that mm. there was a shooting, you know, I wouldn't feel safe if I go tomorrow there. Mm. Even if the lighting is exactly the same. Even if the lighting is mm. exactly the same. Or mm. even if they, you know, mm. they have twice as much lighting. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah, I think that mm. in that point, the lighting mm. doesn't really make such a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. So I think mm. it's, yeah, I have my, I mean, there are so many studies that say the more lighting doesn't mean, you mm-hmm. know, increased safety yeah. and not even increased perception of safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think you have to do things right from the beginning. And mm-hmm. then, it's, of course, the feeling of safety is not because how dark you know, or bright the space is, or yeah. how many facades you have lit or not. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, populating, habitating the city mm-hmm. and creating these positive stories about yeah. it. Interesting. Yeah, I was focusing on that a little bit in my master thesis, so mm-hmm. I found it very interesting. So I was looking at Udenplan and looking at how bright it is, how people, how bright people perceive it to be mm. in different spots, and then how they react to where they would like to stand for a bit longer and where they feel safe and comfortable. Mm. And, and where did you find out? So basically, yeah, it's the inverse uh, link. It's not that people feel like it's bright and this is why they stay there. It's more like 
they feel like it's safe and this is why they feel like it's brighter. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit more like that. Yeah. So if there was a person who was passing the square for 10 years every day going from work, then they would feel super safe and say it's 10, 10, 10, how bright it is yeah. out of 10. Yeah. And then there were two girls who were feeling very awkward. They didn't know where to go. They were running around the square for a few, <laughs> I don't know, like 20 minutes yeah. because I was trying to catch them in a place where they would stay. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it would mean that they felt com- more comfortable there and mm-hmm. not somewhere else. They actually mm-hmm. responded like, but there are no artificial lights here. Yeah. They're like, no, there are. Yeah. But it's very dark. And mm-hmm. I mean, and it's quite a, I mean, it's not a dark space. No. Mm-hmm. I would say. I mean, not for me, but no, yeah. for them it was. But I mean, uh, so yeah, I think it's very subjective. I mean, this mm. feeling of safety. Of and mm. um, of course you can make things worse with lighting, but I don't think we, we are the key to saving all these mm-hmm. issues. I mean, it's mm. a much bigger problem yeah. than just lighting. Yeah. And I like also your perspective that it's more about stories we create yeah. Yeah. than the actual yeah. lighting. Yeah. But yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think you see that also with the kids um, that I hope that I transmit also to them the Mm -hmm. safety, you know, that they can go and bike around. And of Mm -hmm. course, I tell them, oh, if someone talks to you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Because I have my background information as well. And they don't, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, they don't. So Mm -hmm. I'm also, I I mean, I cannot stop myself thinking like, oh, someone is going to come and, you know, kidnap them. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I'm exaggerating. But, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, as a mother, you overreact. Of course. And, I think uh, it's good you realize that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. Um, so, mm. so I'm. Yeah, I want to. You know, them to experience it as a safe space, of mm-hmm. course. And yeah. if we go to Santiago, then it will be a completely different, you know, experience. Mm. Then I will be like, oh no, no, close your windows. Yeah, you know, I will be like my mom. Yeah, <laughs> don't open your windows. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this will be interesting to see how you will be in that context. Yeah, what you were yeah. brought up. I will bring up the question from Saskia. It would be really interesting to ask the next person what they think would happen if you changed the lighting that there usually is for art Mm -hmm. and swapped it with the lighting that there usually is for music. So Mm -hmm. I would say that usually art is experienced in a very well-lit setting Mm -hmm. and music not so much. So I wonder what would happen. Uh-huh. What I think it will happen, I think, I mean, light has a very big impact on our mood and how we mm-hmm. perceive the space and maybe how relaxed or active or, you know, focused we feel. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that the experience of this um, musical <laughs> event <laughs> with a lot of light, you know, I can imagine it, you know, like spotlights, wall washers, you know, like uh-huh. the whole room defined with light with vertical yeah. lighting, it would be very different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it, it, it's probably, you, you probably won't be able to concentrate so much on what you're listening, yeah, you know, or true. maybe in the musicians, because they are at focus often. Mm-hmm. And in this case, they would be not in focus. You will have like the walls of the space probably in focus mm-hmm. yeah. and the other people. So I think it will be much easier for you to get distracted than start thinking about other things or talking to your friends mm-hmm. instead of actually focusing on listening. Yeah, interesting. So it's a different sense that we are using. Yeah, which I didn't think yeah. about. Yeah. And yeah. then if you bring the, you know, the more like uh, um, musical event sort of lighting, dim light into an art gallery, 
I think, I mean, it depends where you put the art. I mm. think it could work very mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you put the lighting sort of in a staged scenario, then you know, True. okay, mm -hmm. that is the space. Like when you think about sculptures, for example, mm -hmm. I mean, they have mm -hmm. often a very um, contrastful mm -hmm. environment around them. Yeah. I mean, there is dark and then they are under the spot. So it's pretty much like a scene in mm -hmm. that sense. So I think it were it depends on the art, of course, but it could definitely work. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, we kind of in the art gallery, we expect to be able to see and not listen. Yeah, and also <laughs> to be guided a little bit on mm. what you have to see and where you should look at. Yeah, which could uh, be easier with more yeah, spotlight. Yeah, exactly. But in the but in the um, you know the musical event with a lot of light, I think that is. Not the right <laughs> type of lighting, I would say. Yeah. It would be a bit. It would be more like being on a football match, mm. you know, but listening to music. Yeah, or a performance. Then yeah. maybe it becomes more like a visual performance or yeah. multimedia. Yeah, yeah but then it wouldn't be this jazz band yeah. sort of playing on yeah. stage. Yeah, it would sure. be some other type of mm -hmm. yeah choreography or yeah. You know, dance. Cool. Thank you for answering. Yeah. You're welcome. And now it's your time to ask a question to the next guest, and it should be urban or lighting related question. Urban or lighting? Yeah. Okay. Or urban lighting. <laughs> yeah. The question to the next speaker would be to explain a situation where they have felt unsafe in the city mm -hmm. and explain which city it is and sort of reflect on why. And if this has to do, I mean, if they can remember what type of lighting it was mm -hmm. in the space or how i mean if, if it felt dark or it felt bright and yeah. then do the same exercise but with a city where they feel safe mm -hmm. so again a moment where they yeah. feel hmm. how does it feel so they can compare like which are the elements that maybe make them feel safe or not and if it has to do with lighting or not, maybe don't, don't even yeah. remember lighting. Yeah. Or maybe again, they will shape the lighting yeah. from yeah. how yeah. they felt. Yeah, no, it was very dark, yeah, yeah, it was dark. very unsafe. Yeah. No, no, the other space was really bright. Maybe it was yeah. opposite, but yeah. that's how yeah. they remember. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending your time on my podcast. Yeah. And I will leave the links for your projects in the description. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much for coming to my place. Yes. And, uh, it was a pleasure. Was a really nice talk. Yeah. Thank you for being part of a city for you. If you want to carry on the discussion, feel free to join for the next episode that will be coming out next Thursday. You can also follow the project on Instagram, Facebook, and Telegram. Enjoy a city for you.